You know, never happened to you? I won't admit it. What's it like? You ever really thought about it? I mean, is it a few lines you hear yourself singing or humming? Is it just a foggy memory? Or is it more like a digital copy of something you actually heard? Maybe a song on the radio or a hymn at church. You ever paid close attention to it? Does it come with accompaniment? Full orchestra and choir? Yeah, listen closely next time. I think most people have gotten a song stuck in their head from time to time. I know I have, although I never really paid any real attention to it. It's easier to just enjoy it than it is to worry about it. Then it might, you know, if uh, uh, it really shouldn't be bothered either, unless, unless you hear it without any music. I mean, like someone is reading the words to you, okay? Actually speaking the words like a, a voice in your head. Then it might be time to see a doctor, you know, a doctor. It's a fact that lots of people hear noises that nobody else hears. There's actually a, a kind of a tinnitus called musical hallucination. It's hearing music when none is being played. Uh, normally in your head, noise is usually a, generally it's a buzzing or a, a sometimes a, a ringing, right? Uh, my personal favorite is a low hum that, that comes sometimes in, the, in a quiet, dark house. Uh, Music hallucinations are, are, are more complex, though. They have this compelling sense of reality that are often mistaken for real music until it becomes clear that none is being played. Makes you special. There's a whole list of things that can cause tinnitus in the big picture. Anything from cell damage caused by long-term exposure to excessive noise, uh, old age, medications. Uh, there's a whole list of things, and it's a, it's a pretty long list. But that's not really my field, uh, except for this morning, when God speaks to young Samuel. A Pew Research poll a few years ago found that 75% of adults in the United States say they talk to God. Not really surprising, I suppose. You don't have to be an every Sunday church-going kind of Christian to shoot up a little prayer asking that the lottery ticket you just bought has the winning numbers on it, Right? It's interesting, the interesting thing about the poll was that 28% of that 75% say that God talks back. Now, it didn't elaborate on just what form that reply took. You know, if the Beatles are playing Hey Jude in your head nonstop over and over again, you might want to see a doctor. Some people might say you better see a doctor. On the other hand, God has a history of having spoken to his people in, in lots of different ways in the Old Testament. Now, since the days of the apostles, however, it doesn't really seem likely to be in physical words, like a conversation you have with your neighbor over the back fence. I mean, he could, uh, but he's already said most everything he wants us to know, right? It's in the Bible, in his own words, uh, the words of the prophets he sent, and the words of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean if you ask, you won't get an answer. It might come through a Christian friend or mentor might come while you're uh, just sitting quietly reading his word or, or doing a morning devotion. Or could come by the opening of a series of doors. It just isn't likely to be like Samuel got it. You and I are bombarded with all kinds of voices all day long, uh, day and night, really. Um, you know, buy this car, get this home loan, um, uh, buy that mattress to, for your best night's sleep and my pillow for, for a sound rest. You know, I wish I could just wake up in the morning one day 
and, and turn on the news to see if the world ended while I was asleep, and, and that was it. And then roll over and go back to sleep. But that's uh, too much to ask, I guess. Local morning news programs ought to be renamed for what they really are. Just a smidgen of news in the morning and because it's uh, traffic, weather, a couple brief news stories, then a few minutes of commercials. Then back to traffic, weather, maybe an entertainment story, back to commercials. You know, mix and repeat. That format teaches us to be better at blocking out people trying to get our attention than it does uh, to be better listeners. And I wonder if that dubious talent can carry over into other areas of our life, like our faith life. I mean, if God was trying to talk to us, would we even hear him? There's a lot we can learn about that from our Old Testament lesson this morning, a story of God's call to Samuel. This is how it starts out. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Think about what that's saying. You know, what greater loss could a nation suffer than the loss of God's word? You know, we read some of the familiar Old Testament stories, like this one, uh, you know, about God calling to the, the little boy Samuel. How easy, easy is it to relate to the kind of life people back in those days led? Well, not very, really, because it sounds like God talked to people all the time. You've heard how God spoke to Noah, not just in a figurative sense, but in a real voice, instructing him to build an ark. He got detailed instructions about something completely foreign to Noah's uh, experience and, and, and knowledge. And we've talked before about how, how he spoke to Abraham, telling him to move away from everything he knew to some new foreign land out there somewhere, some place that, that he would, uh, you know, show him whenever he got there, some place he'd show him later. And to Moses, when God chose him to be the man who would free the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, he spoke to him, real words and real conversation, although not exactly face to face. Now add to all this the various prophets who came at one time or another bringing God's word to his people, and it's obvious that God really, really did have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people at one time. These days, people who claim to hear the word of God are, well, first of all, suspected to be psychopathic serial killers, and second, maybe just your everyday religious nuts. But the Old Testament is filled with stories about people who had real, meaningful conversations with God, and we get the sense that he was right there with them. But we think maybe, you know, not so much anymore. Someone stood up in church this morning and announced that God had spoken to them last night. We'd probably really wonder, not because he couldn't, but because it's just so rare nowadays, and because it hasn't happened to us. You know, we figure that since God hasn't spoken to us, that maybe that's just not his style anymore. We figure that, that the, the truth is people in Israel didn't go through each day expecting God's voice to ring out from the sky either. They really didn't. And for the few that really did hear from God, there were millions of others who never even uh, experienced so much as a peep. They never expected to. As a result, Samuel's story almost has a ring of comedy to it. If you weren't aware, Samuel was a miracle baby. His mother Hannah hadn't been able to have children. He was conceived in answer to his mother's sincere prayer. His name means God has heard. 
He was born in one of the lowest ebbs of Israel's history. The nation had been brought to its knees, not in worship of God, but brought to its knees by defeat at the hands of the Philistines. A man named Eli had been the high priest at Shiloh, but he'd grown old. He had two grown sons, but he'd failed to train and discipline them to carry on that, that work after him. In fact, their conduct was so disgraceful, people despised the worship of God's house. In keeping her promise to God, Samuel's mother brought him to Eli as early as three years old, whenever he happened to be weaned. And her, her, her promise had been that if God gave her a son, she would dedicate that boy, actually give him up for service to the Lord for his whole life. And Eli took him in and would train Samuel for that work. Now when Eli and his wicked sons actually uh, eventually died, Samuel ended up leading the whole nation of Israel as its final judge in the days before there were kings. In fact, as a priest, he would anoint its first king, but that comes later. In our reading this morning, Samuel's just a child living under the guidance of Eli. Tradition says he was about 12 years old. Uh, the Bible doesn't really say. As a young boy, Samuel's duties probably were mainly custodial. He would be the one who would unlock the doors and open up the, the God's house each morning. Maybe trim the wicks on the lamps and make sure they had enough oil to last until daybreak. So early one evening, Samuel's lying in the temple or the tabernacle at this point, uh, where the ark of God was. And the Lord called to him, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answers, here I am. And he dutifully runs to Eli's room. Here I am, you called me, he says. Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And I suppose Eli thought to himself, oh, poor kid must have had a, a bad dream. Well, later Samuel's awakened again by a voice calling his name. Now Samuel. And so he got up and went back to Eli's room again. Here I am, you called me. Eli says, my son, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. Probably thinking, wow, that must have been some dream. And then, or was it? Again during the night, the Lord calls to Samuel a third time. And for a third time, Samuel goes to Eli and asks what he wants. Well, by this time, the old priest is starting to figure out what might be happening. Go and lie down, he tells the boy. And if he calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Or your servant is listening in some translations. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, that when the Lord looks for someone to speak for him, the first qualification is that the person is willing to listen. Samuel's success as a prophet wasn't that he was a good speaker. It was that he was a good listener. The story shows us how to prepare for God's voice. You know, how to distinguish it from all the everyday noises of life so that when God speaks to us, we're ready to listen. First of all, Samuel was in God's house. Verse 3 says, the lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, you know, where the ark of God was. Samuel was about to discover a timeless truth. One of the best things we can do to prepare ourselves for the possibility of hearing from God is to spend time with God. That doesn't mean that God's house is the only place he'll speak to people. He's God. He can speak to anyone, anywhere, any place he wants. But the point is, if you're feeling frustrated because you feel like you need that direction of, and guidance from God, but you're really not sensing his spirit guiding you, you know, ask yourself if you've been spending enough time with him. 
If you haven't been joining us in person or uh, logging in online for worship and study of his word, and you could have, well, you really have no right to complain. You know, do we have a right to expect or even demand that God speak to us and give us comfort and guidance in our house, in our life, when we're only willing to commit ourselves to showing up on Christmas and Easter? It is. This is where God has promised to be, to meet us with his gifts of word and sacrament. This is where we come to praise him and learn about him and learn from him. Admittedly, in these plague days, in-person is a little more difficult than it used to be. And it's difficult for a lot of people. But we're still here for you online and to help you stay connected. That means that we don't come here just out of habit or to see our friends or even because it feels like the right thing to do. No, we come here specifically to raise our hearts and voices to him in genuine worship and to receive the forgiveness of all our sins and the strength to face another week. That's what happens in worship. What, happened, what else happened in Samuel's story? Well, when God spoke, he immediately went to Eli. Now, the first couple of times, he went out of confusion. But later in the story, after he listened to everything God had to say to him, he still went to Eli and confided in him. That's important because God's first assignment to Samuel involved telling Eli that God wasn't very pleased with the way he'd raised his sons there is going to be a price, a very steep price to pay for that. Something Samuel was probably more than a little afraid to, to share with him. You know, sharing the truth of God's word when it needs to be shared isn't always going to be a pleasant experience, is it? And it might not always be received with open arms. It's easy to understand if Samuel hesitated. You know, Eli was his mentor. He was his teacher. He practically raised him. But finally he did open up and we read if we go a little farther into verse 18 that Samuel told him everything hiding nothing from him. That's another lesson that Samuel teaches us if we want to be ready to listen when God speaks. You know we might want to seek the advice of God's other servants and that means being willing to share with others around us. Uh, this is so important. You know, a lot of times we try and, and bear the burden of service all by ourselves. And when we do that, what should be joyful service can turn into a, a resented burden. And that's not God's plan. God wants us to work in a community, what Paul would later describe as the body of Christ. We're so eager not to trouble others with our problems, like it's not Christian to share our struggles or hurts. Like God has given you a cross to bear and you dare not ask anyone to help share the load. What we don't realize is that the very reason the situation is a burden is because we insist on carrying it alone. You know, if only we would be willing to share our trouble and confusion with someone else, it might even cease to be a burden. Samuel was a young boy. You know, he had no idea what to do with the words he'd heard in the night. And he'd hated to wake Eli. He was an old man. He needed his sleep. But he also knew that what he needed most was the advice of his friend. And Eli was a friend to him. Uh, and, and he understood perfectly. Worked through the night, actually, to determine just what this voice Samuel was hearing might be. Even more significant is the fact that the next morning Samuel went to Eli with the full revelation of God. All the bad news, even. That he was going to punish the house of Eli. And Eli's only response was this. He's the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. 
Samuel knew then that he had nothing to fear. Eli was not only his mentor, but a friend that he could trust. That's a valuable gift. Maybe you have a gift like that. You know, someone very close to you, someone in whom you can completely confide, a Christian brother, a Christian sister maybe, and yet you failed to appreciate what a beautiful gift that is. If you know someone like that, take a lead from Samuel, especially if you think the Lord is trying to speak to you, but you're a little unsure of the words he's saying. It's okay to seek their advice. Don't be afraid to share a burden. Don't be afraid to admit you don't have all the answers yourself. Nobody does. Don't be afraid to reach out and trust another servant of God. We need each other. Don't be afraid that you'll offend them or scare them off. That's probably exactly what Samuel was worried about when he went to see Eli the next morning. But you have to trust God's ability to work even then. So spend time at God's house. Seek advice from God's other servants. And then finally, if we want to be prepared to hear God speak to us, then we better be ready to accept what he has to say. Notice how Samuel is able to stand before God after he and Eli realize that it's God who is speaking. Just five words. Five words that filter out everything else, allowing God's word to be heard loud and clear. Five words. Speak, for your servant hears. Now that attitude of Samuel is exactly what tells God whether or not we're ready to hear what he has to say. That we're not only ready to listen, but to follow. Not pick and choose what type of service to God you know, we might like over another one. If we come to God like that, it's not very likely we'll hear what he has to say at all because we're not really listening. We have to be ready even before he begins to, to, to speak and to say up front, speak for your servant hears, or your servant is listening. It'll probably go against everything your fallen nature is telling you. What you're really doing is letting God set your agenda for you. You know, remember these three things from the story of Samuel. By remembering what Samuel did, you'll be ready to really listen and willing to hear, to get the direction of God's Holy Spirit in your life, and maybe even his whispers at night. It'll be music to your ears, I promise. Amen. Now may that very special peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.